to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. And I always thank the people who give me suggestions for interviews. And uh, the one who has suggested the interview that we're going to do right now is a dear friend of mine. In fact, I have spoken about her many times on the air because she is literally the very, 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 very first person that lended support to Catholic Radio in North Texas. Her name is Pat Martin, and uh, she and her husband, Jim, have their own media uh, company, and she also represents St. Jude Media Ministry, and she has introduced me to a wonderful priest who I am delighted to introduce you to by the name of Father John Couture. It's C-A-T-O-I-R is his name. It's a French name, and his website is johncouture.com, and uh, we're going to talk about a particular ministry that he has uh, as a messenger of joy. And you're going to be really interested in how he was kind of commissioned to do this. And he's just, there, there's a lot to talk about Father John Couture. And so we're going to uh, let you know all about him. And I should say he just celebrated this year his 60th anniversary as a priest and also is celebrating his 25th anniversary in his ministry with St. Jude Media Ministries. So with no further ado, the messenger of joy, Father John Couture. Welcome, Father. Thanks for being with me. Oh, I'm delighted. Thank you for inviting me. By the way, I'm three quarters Irish. <laughs> the name, the name is French, but oh, okay. Uh, both my mother's parents came from Ireland, and my father, father's mother came from Ireland. Yeah, well, you'll you'd be happy to know I, I married an Irish woman, uh, born in Belfast, and I'm fifty percent Irish. So our kids are seventy five percent Irish, uh, just like you. Well, here we are having a. An Irish uh, hoedown. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Father, first of all, tell me, before we get into uh, the uh, inter- very interesting story behind your ministry as a messenger of joy, tell us about St. Jude Media Ministries uh, that you now have dedicated the last quarter of a century to. Well, what is that ministry, and how, how, how are you involved with it? Well, basically, I'm involved with it because Jesus Christ said... I have come that your joy may be full. I have come that your joy may be complete, that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. Now, that's what I call a commission. Yes. That's an awakening. Now, I contrasted that with so many Catholics who were very morbid and joyless and discouraged and guilty and fearful, And I wondered why the discrepancy, because they had direct orders from the boss, (laughs) (laughs) who said he came, that our joy may be complete. So I, I, I thought about that for a long time, long before I established the the uh, ministry of joy. But um, I sort of came awake. To it more fully when I read the quote of a, a British mystic named Julianne of Norwich, St. Julianne of Norwich. She's really blessed. She hasn't even been canonized, but it was a thing that just stopped me in my tracks. And it was this. The greatest honor you can give to Almighty God, greater than all your penances and and mortifications 
the greatest honor you can give to Almighty God is to live joyfully because of the knowledge of his love. Mm. That that hit me hard. Um, the very thought that God wanted us to be happy had escaped me, and I was already a Catholic priest. Yeah. I, I just never heard it quite put that way, that... Almighty God wanted his people to be happy, and why wouldn't he? God is love. It makes perfect sense that God exists, that our joy may be full. And um, not that he exists as a result of his wishes. <laughs> mm -hmm. God is eternal, but God wants us to be joyful. Therefore, all the things that make us joyless, I mean, guilt feelings, the way we deal with them, um, hopelessness, the way people feel God hasn't come through yet, so he's never going to come through, uh, discouragement, uh, I didn't pass that exam and I had prayed, and, and hopelessness, that all of those things are part of the human condition and so prevalent that they're disturbing. So I began taking it on as my primary mission to promote joy as God's will for yeah. us. Yes, amen. And uh, I want to ask you some follow-up questions about joy itself. But first of all, uh, can you tell our listeners about your visit, your conversation with uh, then-Pope John Paul II, back in 1979, this would have been the second year of his pontificate. I think he visited the United States at that time. What, what was that? Tell us about that interaction and that um, uh, visit with uh, the Holy Father. Well, the Holy Father came out with a quote that was a, a beautiful quote about joy. And I printed it. I had a syndicated column and I featured it and I sent my column to the Pope. And as a result, I got response from him. Mm. And uh, it wasn't when he was in the States. I had come to Rome and had actually, it was Cardinal Sunins, who was the primate of Belgium. Um, we had become friends because he was also uh, a promoter of joy and those things that surrounded it. He was a charismatic uh, priest and pope, I mean, and uh, archbishop of Brussels. At any rate, he invited me to Rome, and uh, he opened all the doors so that a visit with the pope, he just made a phone call and showed up, and there I was. And the Pope was gracious, and we had a little chat. Um, he showed me around his rooms and things, and that was lovely. I was so thrilled. And so at the end of it all, um, he said to me, keep up the good work on joy. Go there for and become a messenger of joy. Mm. And so that was uh, that was certainly memorable yeah 
And although I had been on that track already and had written about it and had praised the Pope and Cardinal Soonins for giving it to me, um, it's certainly coming from John Paul II was a, a big boost. Yeah, I'd say, to say the least, that, that's amazing. Uh, if you're just joining us, Father John Couture is my guest. Uh, his website, johncouture.com, uh, J-O-H-N-C-A-T-O-I-R.com. And we're talking about his ministry as a messenger of joy, his uh, time with uh, John Paul II, as we just mentioned, uh, and the 25th anniversary of St. Jude Media Ministries. Still a lot to cover. Father, I want to ask you about your work. You mentioned about your syndicated column. In fact, uh, Pat told me that you uh, were syndicated and appeared in the Texas Catholic here in, Nor- in the Dallas Diocese for many, many years. You've also visited Holy Trinity Seminary in, Nor- in North Texas uh, to give a priest retreat. And so you have a connection here in North Texas, even though you don't live here. But tell us about your work online. Uh, you have had a website for the last eight years. You are on Twitter and have been since 2013. You Pat said you've you've sent out twenty thousand tweets. <laughs> you've been on Facebook since twenty fourteen. Two 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 million people have witnessed you and uh, viewed you on Facebook. Why is it important for you to use the new media, social media? Oh boy! <laughs> First of all, it's free. A lot of it is free, and I had access. I had a mission, and I had uh, very little money. Um. And by the way, there's something we haven't mentioned, and I don't think even Pat alluded to it in in prepping you. But I was before I graduated from Fordham in 1953, and was up for the draft. It was around the time of the Korean War, and I I had to be drafted, so I had to wait until I was called. So I waited September, October. Enough, I said, I'm, I volunteered to be drafted. And so, would you believe it? I ended up the, in the pipeline of the U.S. Army mm. as an MP and spent my time at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, Texas. Mm. So, I've lived in Texas and I love Texas. Oh, all right. You're an honorary Texan then. so you use social media um uh, catholic press association has created a father couture award for social media evangelization that might be must be quite an honor Uh, to whom does is that given or or tell us about that well i uh i appeal to them because they gave out scholarships yeah and they weren't doing enough um to promote social media, even though it was print media, especially. Um, so I I volunteered to to pay for um, a scholarship for young Catholic uh, ed- editors to learn more about and to practice the. Uh, you know, to improve their skills. Yes. So that was offered. And the board talked about it at some length and came back to me with, we would like to make it an award, not a scholarship. 
And I had offered to give about uh, $500 a year to uh, the scholarship fund. And I left that in the deal. So they, they, my award is the only one, it's just a cash award. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it's, it's slow to take off, but I have gotten some very interesting people who have took, see, I spent many years in television on the Christopher's 17 years. I was syndicated nationally. Yes. And, um, uh, I, I knew the possibilities that uh, the actual print journalists didn't know. And as a result, this all came about. Interesting. Uh, my, my understanding uh, is that you have unfinished projects. There are written, maybe online projects that are still on your heart and you feel like you want to finish. Well, what is it that you still would like to accomplish in, in line with your ministry as a messenger of joy? Well, to continue extending the um, the award that I had received, making it known so that many kids would begin to take courses or to actually take on a project. They worked very hard to produce some kind of a project, and it was always uh, with the theme to make Jesus known in love, to make Jesus more known in love. It's not an easy topic uh, coming cold at it, uh, but for those who love the Lord, it's a well-deserved uh, reward in itself. So that has been pretty much what I've been doing of late, um, creating, helping people to create media um, uh, events that would would put the Lord first and make the the idea that the greatest honor you can give to Almighty God greater than your penances and sacrifices is to live joyfully precisely because of the knowledge of his love. Yes. So a lot of people don't really know that they are loved or the implication of the whole idea that God is loved. It's uh, it's worthy of deep reflection. I Father, I hear a lot of people that say that they've never experienced a year like 2020. Now you're, you you mentioned the the Korean War, and so you've you've experienced uh, a lot in your life, I'm sure, and you're you're o- older than me. But this has been a really challenging year to for pretty much anybody, everybody in the world. And if somebody's listening right now and saying, "Well, easy for you to say." You know, the the circumstances of the world in my life and lockdowns and COVID and riots, it, I, I can't have joy under these circumstances. What would you say to them? I'd use a vulgar word. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I can't use it on the radio and I won't. And I, I but the, the point of it is that's nonsense. Um. First of all, it's not what happens to you in life that determines your state of mind and your happiness. Yes. It's how you deal with it. Now, if you start out with the premise that you're a loser and that you, you're you always behind the eight ball, you never got a break, 
all of these things beat you down every day. They take away your joy or any hope for joy. And so it's a very different thing to say, I am loved by God. That in spite of my weakness or my failures, or in spite of the troubles of the world, I'm a happy person yeah. because of the knowledge of God's love. And it's, a, it's an absolute, I keep it in my heart, and uh, nothing can change it. Uh, so if you bring me hardship, I will tell you 10 ways in which you can look at that hardship and make it work for you. So be your own best friend and not your own worst enemy. That's the approach I take. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Father, we're winding down here. We're down to our last couple of minutes. I want to give you an opportunity to speak to those listening, and if there's any way they can help you, if there's uh, more they can learn about your ministry, uh, what, what what should they do, how they how can they get a hold of you? I do want to mention the website again. Father John Couture is my guest. Uh, he is with St. Jude Media Ministry uh, as a messenger of joy, as I mentioned before. His website is just his name and then .com. It's John Couture. J-O-H-N-C-A-T-O-I-R.com. Anybody that would like to reach out to Father John Couture or help him in any way, um, I'm sure he will not send back financial gifts. Uh, Father John Couture, P.O. Box 544, Cary, North Carolina, 27512. Cary is spelt C-A-R-Y. Uh, so P.O. Box 544, Cary, North Carolina, 27512. And again, the website, johncouture.com, John, and then C-A-T-O-I-R.com. Father, I'm going to ask you to leave a, a blessing for our listeners, if you will, and anything else that's on your heart that we have not talked about. I just want to also close out by, again, thanking Pat Martin, my dear friend, for introducing me to Father John Couture and uh, suggesting this interview, which I think has really been a blessing to many people. Uh, Father, anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners before we say goodbye? Well, I thank Pat, too, for bringing us together. But let me say a prayer for all of you. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving these good people who I am happy to hear from in many different ways. Uh, And I keep them in my masses and prayers. Should they need any special help and would like to write to me personally, I Feel free, and I'll be happy to answer, I promise. If not, yes, no, I will answer, and I will offer mass for everyone I pray for. So God bless you and keep you. Amen. Thank you, Father. And uh, again, thanks for taking time with us. Uh, JohnCouture.com is the website. P.O. Box 544, Cary, North Carolina, 27512. We are all called to be joyful, as I know Father would agree with. Thanks also to Pat Martin, and thanks to Cecil Anderson for running the board. And thank you, dear listener, for listening and also suggesting future interviews. If you'd like to get in touch with me, my email address is DavePalmer at GRN online.com. This has been the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Have a very blessed weekend. 
Young adults, don't let current events stop you from growing in your faith and building up your community. Faith Fitness is a ministry with the goal of bringing Jesus' message and teachings to the young adult community through monthly talks on different topics. This month, the talk will take place on Wednesday, August 19th, beginning at 7 p.m. at Celestial Beer Works in Dallas. The guest speaker will be me, Dave Palmer. I'll be speaking on Aquinas 2020, a Thomistic view on current events. Visit faithfitnessdallas.org to learn more, and I hope to see you there. Hello, this is Larry Lenzen. David Walker and I represent Catholic Life Insurance in the North Texas area and are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio and KATH 910 AM. We'd like the opportunity to explain the different insurance and retirement products offered by Catholic Life Insurance. If you have questions about your life insurance or retirement savings, we can be reached at our Catholic Life office by calling 972-484-3000. That's 972-484-3000. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. My name is Dave Palmer. Diane Xavier is running the board, producing the program. And, you know, I often say that we have an eclectic uh, uh, array of topics in this program, which really makes it interesting to me. And I'm always very blessed whenever one of our local priests uh, comes to join us and visit us in studio. And it's not very often that I get two priests that join for the same interview. But once we talk about the topic, you'll see why the two of them are coming together and why this is a very important topic, a very timely topic as well in light of what is going on in 2020, which we're all very familiar with. And that has to do with the COVID-19 virus. And you may not be aware that there are a group of priests in the Dallas Diocese, and perhaps other dioceses as well, that have been asked and have offered to visit COVID-19 patients in the hospital, sometimes in the last uh, days of, of their lives. And two such priests who work together at St. Paul, the Apostle Parish, and Richardson are joining me for this interview in studio. And so I really appreciate Father John Fikowski, the pastor of St. Paul Parish, joining me. And also, I'm going to have him say the name. He's, he's no, he goes by Father Timo. He's from Poland. He is just celebrating one year ordained a, a priest from Redemptoris Mater Seminary, which we've done many interviews uh, about that. Very interesting seminary in Dallas. Uh, but uh, also the parochial vicar at St. Paul Parish. How do you say your full name, Father? Timoteusz Książkiewicz. Okay. I'm glad you can say it. Okay. <laughs> Just <laughs> like right. it looks, right? Yes. And so thanks to both of you for coming in. And what, what a, um, a sacrificial and important ministry that you are, are carrying out. And so, Father John, since you both have hard names to pronounce, you're going to be <laughs> Father John for now on, and you're going to be Father Timo. Okay. Can we agree to that? That's perfect. <laughs> sure. uh, I, I know... Uh, tell, tell us about this. How were you and Father Timo selected? And um, kind, kind of a little bit more details about what exactly is that this part of your ministry? Okay. As the pandemic began, um, Bishop Kelly, our vicar for clergy, auxiliary bishop, uh, he asked um, for just a group of priests to volunteer for this particular ministry. Um, you know, it was a very specific group that could do this. I think the qualifiers were, you know, you have to be under 50 years old. You um, can't be living with an older priest. You have to have no pre-existing medical conditions and generally have to be pretty healthy. So hmm. this that, is... That weeds out a lot it, of priests, does, doesn't it? Does. Yeah. Did you feel <laughs> so, like, well, I, I got to do this because yeah. I qualify. Well, especially right? with yeah. um, Father Timo and I, you know, we're the 
probably the youngest uh, combination of priests at any parish in the diocese, I think. Yeah, and yeah. The fact that we're both able to partake in this ministry and kind of be a support for each other has been excellent. So we uh, kind of jumped at the chance to do this, and we're, we're glad that we did. Was it something, uh, Father Timo, I'll bring you into the conversation, uh, uh, I think even a younger priest than Father John, if, if I'm right, uh, was this something that you said, wow, yeah, I'm interested, or I got some trepidations, but I think it's something that I, I should do, or, or what was your initial reaction? Well, f- from the get-go, I want to partake in it. I mean, I I, uh, I grew up hearing about priests who gave their, you know, Maximilian Maria Kolbe, he yeah. gave his life in Auschwitz. There are priests who gave their life during communism and for hundreds of years, of, well, from the very beginning, right? Yeah. The priest would give their life to for, for the others. So I thought, uh, well, this is an opportunity. This is a, is a moment where where I can uh, give my life for the other, like all these priests I've heard about. And uh, and so I was very happy. I was. Uh, it was an opportunity that appeared, and uh, I took it as quick as I could. Mm-hmm. Well, we're kind of joking a little bit before we started about you know Father John, you're a young priest. You've got a, a big parish, you know, relatively new at the parish too, and you got a school. And of course, schooling in, <laughs> is right. its own challenges sure. uh, this year. And then this on top of that, uh, how? How much, you know, how often are you two going out? Are you going as a group? Are you going individually? Um, uh, what, what is it on a, on a day-to-day basis? How frequently are, is, are you called to, to carry out this part of your ministry? I think at this point, Father Timo and I both are doing a visit to a COVID patient um, almost every day. Um, individually, we go uh, not together. So it's, uh, you know, very strict um, Rules that we follow as far as, uh, you know, being cautious in the room and when we get back and just, um, you know, sanitizing everything and, and the like. Um, but for us, you know, ministry really changed pretty much overnight when this whole pandemic hit, when mm-hmm. the bishop, you know, said shut everything down. And, you know, it just it, it kind of struck us to the core because as priests, we're there to serve the people. And it's very strange when, you know, the people aren't there and they or more so can't come. Yeah. Um, so it really has been a blessing for us, I think, um, both of us, we've agreed, you know, to be able to participate in this ministry to kind of keep us focused in our priesthood and, you know, really living uh, the sacrificial nature of priesthood in a very real and um, concrete way, uh, more so than, you know, any other situation I can imagine. So mm-hmm. it's been just um, a beautiful um, recalling of what the priesthood is all about, ministerial yeah. priesthood. So yeah, really it really is. Being there with our Lord, you know, identifying with, with him on the cross and just following God's will versus our own kind of, a, you know, human flawed will or anxieties or worries that we have about maybe participating in this ministry. So it's been a beautiful reflection on the priesthood as well as a way to continue uh, ministering to the people, even though um, we live in this kind of crazy time. Yeah. I, I almost think of like chaplains in war where you're purposely putting yourself into a somewhat treacherous situation. But like you say, Father John, this is kind of what you signed up for. I mean, this is a, this is a priest, a priest sacrifice is an imitation of Christ. Father Timo, I know there's an abundance of caution that is taken for you going in and visiting people who um, are, are positive, in some cases far along with this. How do, how do they ensure your own safety and also the safety of other people that you're going to be around? Well, to begin with, we have a we have a special kit that we prepare at home with uh, holy oils and all that we need to to visit a, a sick person. And then once at the hospital, we go through regular screening as everybody else. And when we go to the when we get to the COVID ward, we uh, we put put on the full PPE. You know, the N95 mask, the gown, the gloves, the shield, 
head cover through you know the 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 entire you know as as you see it in the news that's yeah. that's how yeah. we look you yeah. know yeah and uh, we we always make sure that uh, that the patient can see our color and uh, when once in the room we uh, we follow all the safety restrictions safety well rules <laughs> but uh, at the same time uh, we do our best to be there present for the for the patient not only as a another person in the room but also as a priest as an image of compassion image of love the image of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah we follow all the hospital safety rules we always have a person that uh, kind of helps us guides us through to make sure that we do everything properly and uh, <laughs> and when we when we finish with it we, we do one visit at a time and when we come back home we uh, we have a special protocol we have to follow as in uh, doing laundry taking a shower drinking something hot after uh, just to make sure you know we, we uh, if if we we never co- did catch anything well the the system works as we do it but uh, we have a very strict protocol that we follow mm-hmm. and it's it's worked very well none of us uh, ever got it, got tested positive we never had any symptoms or anything so we're uh, we're following the rules and uh, and we're fine and you get tested frequently and like you said never yeah. been never tested positively so that's yeah, right. good news for the other people that uh, yes. are around yeah. you uh, it, well, who who uh, how do you uh, receive direction of who to go see because there's probably a lot of people in the hospital is it only people who are further along is it the request of the family the the bishop or how how, how do you get your instructions father john we um Receive instructions a lot from Deacon Charlie Stump um, within the Pastoral Services Office for the Diocese. And there's a special COVID hotline, a particular phone number that um, people can call with requests for uh, hospital visits for those who are COVID positive. Um, so that's kind of the bulk of the calls come through through that. Um, either a family member or a chaplain at a particular hospital will contact the diocese. And then there's a group text that the six of us are in where Deacon Charlie will send out an information little text about, you know, there's such and so patient in a particular hospital who's able to go. And it's just kind of whoever's able to respond first, and then he'll text us individually the information, and then we're, we're on our way. Um, we cover Medical City Dallas at St. Paul, so we get a lot of calls um, kind of outside of that text, uh, just mm-hmm. for COVID co- patients as well. Yeah, and there are, uh, I think, six total priests. Uh, I, I think uh, six or eight. There are others besides you. And yes. Are they in other geographical areas, or are you ever sometimes called out to, to, to you know, hey, I, we need somebody in, you know, Waxahachie or something? Is it? Yeah, know? it's kind of whoever is able to, to do the visits. Yeah. Um, you know, we've ended up in Waxahachie or up in Sherman or Denison, you know, those areas. So it's kind of a lot of these different uh areas that we end up in and it's it's simply where we go where we're needed yeah uh we're talking about the visitation of covid19 patients and i have the uh the duo from saint paul the apostle parish in richardson the pastor father john sikowski and uh father timo has graciously allowed me to not try to uh pronounce his full (laughs) name so we're going with father timo uh with this and uh, you know, we hear about the the loneliness mm-hmm. of these people who sometimes even their loved ones cannot cannot come in and see them. Right. Can one of y'all tell me about that? And I know you know there's you're not going to give names or specifics, right. but generally speaking, apart from the, the the disease, how are these people doing, or how are they holding up? Sure, I think in most cases um, it's true that family is not able to be with their loved one, which is 
you know, mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. And it's humbling from our end being able to be the one who is able to go into the room, to be with the person. And, you know, we're blessed to have uh, incredible technology these days. So there's been several instances in which we've been able to either FaceTime a family member or many hospitals have kind of a, I don't know what to call it, a traveling iPad on a stand where they can do kind of a group Zoom type of thing where they are, you know, at least present digitally in the Mm -hmm. room with their loved one. Um, So, you know, good thing to have that technology to um, have them be present in, in at least some way. But it is unfortunate that, you know, a lot of these people are simply alone. And mm-hmm. as much as their family members want to be there, it's simply not the case that they're able to, to do so. Yeah. Father Timo, I'm sure in some cases, the some of these people are at the end of their earthly life. Um, last rites, is that common or viaticum uh, as, you know, the last Eucharist that they can receive is, um, th- that must be really heart-wrenching to uh, perhaps be the last person that somebody is able to experience the, this side of, 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 of the afterlife. Well, mo- most of the patients we visit are on a ventilator, so uh, uh, we do last rite uh, for them. Viaticum, it uh, doesn't really happen because they, most of them are unconscious and, and on a ventilator. And uh, if you look at it from the perspective of, you know, from perspective of the, the, the way the world looks at it, yes, it's heart-wrenching because, it, you know, there is a person who's there who's dying alone. Uh, the only people he's seen for he she seen for the last uh, you know few weeks were the were fully covered nurses, but on the other hand, when you bring the good news of the resurrection, when you we, I believe that the, that the soul always listens and 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 you can see it on the patient's face, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing, and so when you bring to them the the announcement, know what uh, what the scripture says, what what Jesus Christ tells us, know that uh, death has no victory over over life, when. Uh, when you bring with when you bring with them, you know it's not only bringing sacraments, but it's it's bringing more. It's bringing them Jesus Christ, and sacraments are one of the instruments that we use. But also also talking to them, announcing them the good news, announcing them the love of God, uh, being with them there, <clears throat> uh, that helps, you know, because one of the fundamental things that uh, that we we do it's it's prayer in our personal life, mm-hmm. relationship with Jesus Christ. And we bring that to them, not only uh, not only presence of Christ in the sacraments, but also the presence of Christ with uh, with announcing the gospel, announcing hope, announcing life. And the soul listens, you know. The soul, they uh, they know we are there. And uh, and I've I've spoken with one patient who who miraculously made a recovery, and he told me, you know, he he was dying. The hospital said he was dying, and uh, and he told me later on that he knew I was there, which secured me, knowing, assured me in knowing that they know we are there, they listen, they, they are aware of what's happening. And so uh, we, we bring to them to them the presence of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. I remember when there was the, I think it was the Ebola crisis, where then Bishop Farrell made that, uh, what I think was a really interesting comment, where he said, we, we don't do it because they're Catholic, we do it because we're Catholic. Do you, do you get requests from non-Catholics um, at all? Or have you, is, uh, I guess if, if, if need be, uh, you could visit them, or, or it's, it's pretty much uh, people in the Catholic Church, right? Yeah, I think typically our, our visits have been to Catholics. Yeah. Um, we have really, you know, a hard time getting into to some hospitals. So yeah. um, typically we don't get requests from non-Catholics uh, at this point. I want to ask you, and this may be kind of an interesting question, but the, the, the issue of COVID-19 has become so politicized and some people think it's overblown or it's not 
you know, we need to do more, we need to do less, the numbers are, are mm-hmm. being exaggerated, and uh, election year, and, and this and that, and it's kind of strange, and yeah. very few people have your perspective. Very few people are in the inside visiting these people and seeing that. Right. Any any comment, maybe if that's something that people may not realize watching from the outside, just watching the news and hearing about it and getting a lot of opinions, anything that we should know about the reality of this? Yeah, you know, it's really disturbing how divisive this whole topic has become. And it's it just kind of baffles me that uh, some people either don't believe this whole COVID thing is real or, you know, all the kind of um, underlying conflicts they're in. Um, you know, this is very real. And in my ministry as a priest, I've, in the hospital visits I've done over the last 10 years, um, you know, I've never seen so many people suffering so greatly. And um, when... People do die of complications with COVID. It really is, it's, it's painful and it's horrific from my end just to, mm-hmm. to see that happening. I mean, these people are suffering a lot really as their, their lungs are just given out. You know, mm-hmm. so it really is uh, pretty devastating to the body. Yes. And you've also had some other media sources that have uh, interviewed you. I know EWTN did a story on you, WFAA right. here locally. Right. Uh, so there, there's really, and I think this is also, Father Timo, you can count on this, this is a good way to kind of highlight the good in the Catholic Church. There's, you know, we all know the last couple of years there's Absolutely. been a lot of bad stories about the Catholic Church, but you see it as a way of showing the, the, the true good that traditionally, I mean, gosh, we started the hospital system, we started <laughs> education, but to kind of remind people that the Catholic Church really is a, is, is a force of good in the, in the world. I mean, is that, does that cross your mind, I guess, as you do this? Uh, all, all the time, because one thing, that was an eye-opener when I realized that not only patients suffer in the, in the hospital. Yeah. There is, uh, there is a lot of stuff there. They, there is a lot of, uh, a lot of people who who come in and out those rooms all the time? It's it's not only us, and to to uh, to see that also, you know, the the nurses, the doctors, the cleaning staff, the people who bring food, they uh, they all are in uh, in a need, you know. And, and it was amazing. I've never been uh, received with negativity on the hospital ward, and they all know I'm a priest, mm-hmm. and and so yeah. it's uh, uh, it's a presence of Christ, presence of the church that is uh, visible. Uh, you know, in the, in the hospital, on the corridors, in uh, with the staff. You know, sometimes I would before before I enter into the room, I would speak with the with the staff in the hospital, the nurses cleaning, whatever, wh- whoever is there. You know, and it uh, it always brightens their face. You know, mm-hmm. always brightens their face, and uh, and they know I represent the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just down to our last couple of minutes. Again, we're talking about the care of COVID-19 patients in local hospitals in the Dallas Diocese. My guests are Father John Stokowski, the pastor of St. Paul the Apostle Parish in Richardson, and uh, his parochial vicar, Father Timo. And they are uh, two of six or so priests in the Dallas Diocese that are carrying out this ministry, as was explained at the beginning of the interview. And just want to give you each a chance to just make a final comment. Um, uh, anything that you think our listeners should know, I'm curious because, like I said, we're on the outside. We're looking in. We're not in the hospitals, and um, some of us are more connected to this than others. I personally have not been impacted with our immediate family. But uh, what would your advice be? Because people look out and say, I, what, what should I do? What should the average person do? What would you, in, uh, or anything else that you might want to say just to close out? What would you, Father John, what would you say? I'd say definitely continue to pray for healing in our world. You know, it's uh, a wild time that we're living in. And spiritually, you know, I, as much obviously as I hate this pandemic and it's caused pain and suffering and death beyond belief, 
you know, I'm hoping that as a world we don't go back to things as normal previously. Um, I think this has made us confront radically just the fact that the things of our passing world are, are crumbling, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, we have no, no choice, um, no hope other than completely turning to our Lord, recognizing him as, as the one and only firm foundation upon which, you know, we, we live and move and have our being. Um, so again, I'm hoping, you know, as we do, you know, move towards a more normal world again, as the pandemic dies down, hopefully, um, that we, we still kind of maintain this, this idea that, um, okay, everything else around us is failing, that we do need yeah. to turn more fully to our Lord. Yeah, it's almost like a, a silver lining in a sense that right. uh, it, I, know, I know a lot of people that have said, wow, this uh, pandemic has allowed me to spend more time with my family. Right. Or, there are some silver linings. Or, I'm praying more or I see the need for you know, God more. And so there's always you know, some good that will come out of it. Certainly. Thank you for that. Uh, Father Timo, I'll give you the last word. Anything um, – Anything on your mind that just a, a parting message to our listeners who are thinking, uh, feeling helpless? Uh, to, to remember one thing that uh, it, it's kind of crazy what's happening with the youth, especially you now like millennials and the younger generations. They're always on their phone, and now the now the rhetoric is: be careful, the other is the enemy. Be careful, the other is danger. Now we, we uh, stay six feet away. Don't get close to me. Stay where you are. Let's not. And uh, little by little, we are. Uh, building up more and more and more individual society. More and more people are are afraid to come to each other, mm-hmm. to 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 speak to one another, and uh, and we have to be very careful because one thing it's and we have to remain safe. We have to you know follow these these rules that help uh, keep others healthy, but not to fall accidentally into a rhetoric that uh, the other is an enemy. The other is always a danger because. Uh, the beauty of Christianity—it's—it's it's hidden with a, within a community. You know, when uh, when we see the other with love, when we see the other with eyes of Jesus Christ, you now where, where we see Christ in the person that's in front of me, and now this uh, this whole COVID thing—it's convinc- convincing us to see danger in the other, not Jesus Christ. Yeah. To see uh, to see possibility of infection. You know, you stay in your corner, I stay in my corner. Uh, and then we don't talk to each other and we're fine. No, yeah. we're not. Yeah. We, we are social beings. We have to have people around us and to, to remember that, that yes, we have to be cautious. Yes, we have to uh, be uh, self-aware, but at the same time, not to, uh, not to see everyone as an enemy. Because that uh, that will kill our souls. Yeah, wow, that, that's that's really a great message. It reminds me, you know, virtue is in the mean. Uh, we we don't want to be too carefree, and well, we also don't right. want to be too cautious. And that's been my challenge: is just finding well, how do I respond? Because I don't want to isolate myself from everybody. At the same time, I don't want to just pretend like this is all just a joke and you know it's stupid. And and so like, where where, where should we be? And uh, and I think both of your reflections were. Really what people need to hear. Uh, I said that was the last question. If somebody is listening right now and says, oh, my goodness, my, my grandma just went to the hospital and I'd love for a priest to visit her um, or my grandpa or my mother or what have you, what, what should they do? Uh, definitely contact our uh, chancery, our pastoral center, and okay. get in touch with Deacon Charlie Stump. Um, probably go to the diocese website, and I think the number is, is there. Okay. And if you want to know more about St. Paul Parish in Richardson, their website, stpaulchurch.org. And I also want to thank Amy 
Hinderleiter. She's the marketing and development director for the parish. And, uh, you know, whenever something like this comes together, it's because somebody has put it all together right. and somebody has organized it. And I know we had to postpone one time and, uh, and I'm really glad that we were able to do this. So Amy, thank you. I know you're listening and really appreciate your good work in arranging this and all the other great work you do at the parish as well. Again, the website for St. Paul Parish is, uh, stpaulchurch.org and also cathdow.org is the diocesan website and you can find what you need if if you, know, on, you, you have a circumstance in your life where somebody needs a, a visit from a priest. All right, well, thank you both uh, fathers. Um, would one of you all be able to, or together, I don't know if you can synchronize or what, uh, maybe provide a, a blessing over the radio for our, our listeners right now? Sure. Our help is in the name of the Lord, no. made heaven and earth. Lord God, I ask you to bless all of those who are listening to this broadcast. Bless them with peace of mind and body and spirit that they may trust in your will, in your presence, in the ongoing difficulties of this world. May may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks also to Diane Xavier for running the board flawlessly today. Thanks, Diane, and thank you all for listening. And I need more Amy's. I need people to say, hey, I got a great idea for a topic. If you have one and it's uh, intersects between local and our, in our Catholic Church, I want to hear from you. Email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you this weekend. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at the same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. Are you wondering what to do with the house and need to talk with someone who can explain your options? My name is Jake. And as real estate investors, my brother Gerald and I are working to resolve real estate issues in your local area. We're proud sponsors of this great radio station. So if you're looking for an offer or simply like to explore your different choices, then our number to call is 682-317-9330. Or you can simply visit us at 911myhouse.com. I'll bet you know by now that Amazon Smile is a great way to support your favorite charity. And supporting the Guadalupe Radio Network while you shop is easy. Step one, just start off at smile.amazon.com. Step two, choose La Promesa Foundation as your charity. La Promesa Foundation is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio Network. And step three, enjoy your shopping. Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase to the La Promesa Foundation, and it doesn't cost you any extra. La Promesa Foundation and Guadalupe Radio Network, thank you. Hello, this is Larry Lenzen. David Walker and I represent Catholic Life Insurance in the North Texas area and are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio and KATH 910 AM. We'd like the opportunity to explain the different insurance and retirement products offered by Catholic Life Insurance. If you have questions about your life insurance or retirement savings, we can be reached at our Catholic Life office by calling 972-484-3000. That's 972-484-3000. Thank you. Let's face it. How do most kids learn today? Well, through videos, songs, games, and apps. So, what is the best way to help them learn about their faith? Join the ever-lovable Brother Francis and his friends as they journey through the Catholic faith in Adventure Catechism. To learn more or to get your very own copy of Adventure Catechism with Brother Francis, visit BrotherFrancisStore.com. Again, that's BrotherFrancisStore.com. I'll 
Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.